Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles, and today it is all about the iPhone 15 event. It has been announced for September 12th. We're going to get into all the details, the rumors, the links, and we also have some other things, you know, like possible October event and a big iPad overhaul next year. This episode is brought to you by Babbel, and joining me on this handcrafted pod-to-table artisanal RSS feed podcast, Wes Hilliard. How's it going, Wes? Uh, pretty good, Stephen. Just, you know, trying to wake up over here and see some daylight. Right. You live the vampire life, right? You're in that nocturnal... Uh... It's it's very odd. Uh, most people would call it, call it the mid-shift. It's not really night shift. The so mid-shift. I work from like four to midnight-ish, somewhere in there. Oh, that's serious. So so if you uh, tweet at or X at or uh, Mastodon at West in the middle of the night, he'll probably answer. Just saying, because he's, uh, he's over there. You're burning the midnight oil, as they say. This is an exciting episode because we are finally into the tech season with the first Apple event of the fall, which is the iPhone event. So we're going to get into all of that. A couple five-star reviews. El Aviator in Ireland. He said that I I would might struggle pronouncing their name, and I'm not sure if their name is El Aviator or if there's actually another name. So let me know on all the social networks if I did that right. The L makes you think you need to uh, change the emphasis on aviator. Exactly. The the emphasis is on aviator. I don't even know. But anyway, (laughs) uh, thanks for that five-star review. And DJC1976 from the USA. And honestly, the announcement that I think everyone is really here for, that they're most excited about, especially our good friend William Gallagher, is that you can buy Ted Lasso cookies now the actual little uh shortbread uh, cookies biscuits <laughs> biscuits. Steven, b- biscuits excuse me excuse yeah. me i know i know all of our uk listeners yelling at their their headphones or whatever speakers playing this podcast yes you could buy the ted lasso biscuits or as the maker mckenzie limited has been making made these ted lasso they're calling them shortbread cookies but you can actually buy them now and experience what a ted lasso actually uh, makes every morning it's a shortbread recipe i've seen people make them it's apparently pretty simple if you want to do it at home i've not tried these yet i mean i have a feeling that they're going to be just as dry and flaky as most <laughs> uh uk biscuits oh boy yeah I- i'll just, just made some enemies i'll stick to my oreos and uh you know like uh, yeah actual tea instead of hot water actual and West, yeah. we, we were in the top uh 30 shows over there in the UK. I don't know if that's going to be true after this episode. (laughs) I will say this McKenzie Limited, you can buy a box of 10 shortbread cookies, which costs $30, which I mean. Seems extreme. Yeah. it, It seems a little excessive. Yes, I did buy them right before we recorded this episode, so I will report back how these taste and how these go. I might, might do a whole little short video maybe on them, but they're wrapped in the Ted Lasso branding thing, says Biscuits with the Boss. Now, have you ever purchased an expensive cookie like a, a macaroon? Well, I've done the crumble cookies, which is like all over social media now. Everyone's like, I just ate 13,000 calories of cookies because these four crumble cookies are the size of a, a pan, but I've bought those. Those are pretty expensive. Have you? No, I'm not aware of what you're talking about because I'm not on TikTok. But mm. um, I, I will I will say um, macaroons are amazing, and uh, they are about as expensive as this shortbread. So <laughs> yeah, they're 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 pretty expensive. But anyway, I got them. I'll report back so uh, so you don't have to. So you're underwater right now, aren't you? Uh, listen, I think this time every year I get invited on the Mac Break Weekly podcast, which I was on earlier this week, and there's a hurricane, and it's the Apple invites go out. It, it's all the trifecta happens every year at the same. time time but no actually i'm not underwater tampa is always very at risk for like storm surge when there's a hurricane and as we were recording a couple days ago it was hurricane idalia actually struck the the big bend area of florida which is like not the panhandle not the peninsula it's just that curvature in there so america's armpit i didn't i didn't say that that was Wes saying that now i used to have a friend well he's still a friend but i had a friend when we were going to college in lakeland florida he called polk county the armpit of florida but that's not i don't i'm not saying that <laughs> i didn't say that i'm just saying it's funny now uh, everything has a tech angle uh sure. you know we we wrote a little bit about it apple closing their stores uh, in preparation yes. for the hurricane and it, it just made me think of we've actually been covering if, if anyone on here pays attention to our reviews we've actually been doing a lot of reviews on these like uh, portable generators uh these ju- basically 70 pound batteries that you can buy yes. and uh yes. I, I, I was wondering if you have anything like that in your home do you have power backup i mean i have a generator <laughs> it's like so a you pour gasoline in it and... well no this is like a propane well it is gas pro it's propane but i mean we actually use propane gas for like the water heater and for cooking and such yeah and yours comes in from the city right 
No, no, we have a big tank on the uh, property uh, okay. because, you know, when we built our house, it's kind of out there. So nothing is city uh, adjacent. So we have a big tank on the property, which can also power a generator if need be. And so we have that. But this this hurricane completely missed us. We didn't even get a power outage. Nothing. nothing. Uh, got some breezy winds. Yeah, it was windy. We got a lot of rain, but, but really nothing. Uh, although th- thoughts go out to those in the Big Bend area because there were areas hit very hard and storm surge always comes in. So. Oh, yeah. Fl- flooding's always an issue. I mean, I, I lived in um, Charleston for a couple of years and I lived in Virginia Beach for uh, close to eight years. And oh, yeah. hurricanes do travel north. And it, it, it was always funny, though, because it seemed to always miss us. And we would get that hurricane a warning hurricane watch and there'd be like a light breeze and some rain and everyone's freaking out and emptying the grocery stores and we're just like uh yeah nothing's yeah. happening over here <laughs> yeah yeah there is a lot of that but you you just never know they can turn at the last minute but i mean as we as right now i'm on the uh, noah website and there's like six possible hurricanes in the atlantic we'll see the, the, the season is still young for a hurricane season i just bring it up if only because like it's it's funny how these industries just come out of nowhere right oh yeah and and now now we're adding you know technology and smarts to just piles of battery it's not even lithium ion anymore they're using uh lithium phosphate which is apparently much more efficient and the battery life oh my and and we're just adding touch screens and uh, apps to batteries (laughs) now and uh, i just find it interesting i mean to be clear i do want one of these this you put a link we'll put in the show notes these are the jackery like you can get solar panels too which will recharge these massive batteries which is amazing and you can even get them large enough to run some appliances oh man you can basically buy a new circuit breaker board for your house and either hire an electrician or do it yourself and rewire your circuit breaker to this thing that has dedicated outlets to plug in these batteries to. That's wild. It's, yeah, it's, it's, wild. it's crazy. Yeah, they're very cool. They're also cool. Like if you go camping and you still want to be able to like charge devices, maybe run a projector to watch something while you're out there in the woods. These are cool for that too. So we'll put a link to that uh, in the show notes. But we, okay, we really need to talk about oh, absolutely. the Big Apple event. The Big Apple event. We have finally got our official invites. Well, I didn't get an invite. I, I couldn't go, but but no, the announcement has September 12th is the next Apple event. Likely to see the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro. USB-C is the big story there. We'll get into the details. Possible AirPods with USB-C connector, Apple Watch Series 9, possibly Ultra 2. But the code name is Wonderlust, Wonderlust, W-O-N-D-E-R. And you might be familiar with kind of the play on words there. It's usually Wanderlust, which is to say that people who desire to travel or want to go to other places, that's usually called Wanderlust. So now this is Wonderlust, which a lot of people were also posting images of the current iPhone 14 page on Apple's website, which says wonderful. I mean, surely Apple knows what's on its website. So I do think that is kind of a funny play on words there. Wonderful, wonderful. I think I think it's called a portmanteau. Mmm, the double entendre. So yes. so so uh Wanderlust is an interesting one because Apple's been doing these things for a little while, high speed stuff like that. Right. Uh, and this this one's just it, it's a little on the nose, wander and lust. You're going to be curious but also very um I don't know, thirsty for it. It's just it's going to be <laughs> general meaning of wanderlust. The actual word is, you know, you're you're a person who loves to travel. So I, I think we're going to see more battery life improvements across the device lineup. That'd be nice. Maybe be a, a new satellite type feature uh, or you know improvement on that end apple watch ultra is very adventurous. maybe we'll see a couple of tweaks there though i don't expect much from that I'm, i'll be surprised if they even add a two to the end of that one we'll see so i do want to read the tea leaves just for a second only because a lot of people poo poo this on social media and it's like oh it's kind of useless to do it i do think there are some years where it's not, nothing really is connected. And you, you have both the word, whatever Apple titled the event, and then you have the design of the invite or how they portray the logo or whatever. I'll draw attention two years ago to the iPhone 13 event. It was called California Streaming, which everybody thought that was the event they were going to do AR and VR because it was like the glowing Apple outline of a logo floating over a lake. And that was not the case. And I'm not even sure if that related to anything. That was the year we got promotion on the 13 Pro. They streamed a concert of people playing musical instruments across california oh that is that is true so but that invite i'm not sure how much that could have that related but i will say last year the iphone 14 event it was called far out the invite had a star field and last year was also when apple introduced the satellite sos there was even a little satellite floating around the earth in the intro video for that event so i feel like last year's invite 
it, it applied. It applied. Far out, satellite SOS. I think it makes sense. Also, that was the first year the 48 megapixel camera came to the iPhone 14 Pro. So Wonderlust, I think the word itself could portray, like you're saying, there is travel. Maybe photography is an, a big deal there. The Periscope camera, if it comes to the iPhone 15 Pro, I feel like that could lend itself to that. But the logo itself, which is like this dust kind of floating thing, it's a very cool animation. There's an animated logo. I'll link Greg Joswiak, I think, shared it first. But I think it does point to the titanium finish that should be coming to the iPhone 15 Pro series. It looks a little foundation-y, as a lot of people. The foundation, the Apple TV Plus original show, it feels a little bit like that. I posted a picture of Dune 2 because, you know, sand, Dune. But also, the colors of the logo, I think for all the rumors are pointing to basically three grays and a dark blue on the colors for the titanium iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max. And it does seem like the colors in this logo lend itself or match what those colors will be. And so I feel like that's probably what the logo points to. I don't think that's reading too deep into the tea leaves. I think it's, you know, pretty straightforward. I don't know. How have you read this? I'm one of those people who say it's not really much of a read. Right, right. Uh, no, you pay- <laughs> it's fun. And in hindsight, it's always like, oh, yeah, look at all these meanings we can derive from this logo. Um, sure. I assure you it's all mostly pure coincidence. Apple hires someone to design these invites, right? And that someone, sure, they're a designer probably at Apple. They're probably part of the marketing team. They make these things all the time. And they're handed a slip of paper that says, make Apple logo sand gray, blue, black, the word wanderlust, and then they just walk away. It's not like they know everything that's going to happen at the event and they're hiding secret meanings. And if you zoom in on a certain part, you'll see an iPhone 15 or something like, eh, it's not how these things work. No, wait, no, wait a minute. Are you saying they actually outsource this design as opposed to actually doing it in-house? Uh, they outsource it to an Apple employee. It's Oh, <laughs> they, oh, oh that's what I'm they, saying. It's, it's developed internally. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like, internal, but it's yeah, not like yeah. the guy who built the iPhone 15 is making this logo, right? Or the, or the people filming the the event or making this logo there's an That's apple marketing true. team they sit they they sit in there and make these ads and commercials and the true. website art like the back to school art with the ipad carrying a pencil with a little face like someone made that right the same team is making these logos and these apple event things and they're they're handed a slip of paper now m- maybe the employee has special information but it, it's irrelevant they're, they're designing these things based off of specs apple gives them uh they're not slipping anything in or, or sneaking something past the big guys mm-hmm. it's okay. anything there if it is based on something from the event it's either coincidence or apple apple did intentionally put it there but it's not like i don't know it's I, i'm not i'm not sure what people are looking for here it's like it's obvious yeah it's probably the iphone colors it's fun it's just you know i'm de- i mean i get that it might not all point to something but i think apple is very intentional about everything and so well sure it, you know I, I don't think something happens by happenstance but uh, to your point I do know, like, it's not like every Apple employee knows what the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro look like, what the features are. Like, that is not the case. And that's something, you know, even I have some contact with people inside Apple, sometimes briefly, and, like, they might know when the event is going to happen before it's officially announced, but that's typically the extent of the knowledge. It's not like, oh, yeah, it's the iPhone 15 event and these are the features. So to your point, the person designing this may, maybe not, maybe don't know what the iPhone 15 and 15 Pro will look like. But I think for some marketing teams, I mean, there has to be a team inside Apple that does know because someone's making well, sure. the actual event video, which is probably already produced. And whatever graphics are going to go up on the website immediately after the event is over, you know, all those renders and images, you know, have to be made. So yeah, things are things are happening. And I, I, I put a link to our inside page on Apple events. You can go yeah. scroll through the names and images of each Apple event going back in time for a few years. And <laughs> pretty uh, cool. if you want to go and see if you can derive, because I, I basically it's 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 fairly straightforward. We have the name of the event, the image, the date it took place, and what was announced there. So if you want to go and try and uh, decide what each event invite art means, <laughs> you, you, you can go nuts. High speed made sense. High speed was about 5G in the iPhone yeah. 12. That kind of made sense. The colors of the spring-loaded event were the colors of the iPad Air, or at least you know pointed to that colorful iPad Air launching uh, that day. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, the iMac, the 24-inch iMac. Right. Those, those are the colors for that. It, again, everything's always easier to do in hindsight. And oh, I, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I think it is fun, but I think people do take it too far. Like <laughs> zooming, like zooming way in and like trying to 3D eye it. The, the thin <laughs> curve on the edge of the dusty <laughs> Apple logo is yeah, a reference to the right. thin bezels on the iPhone. It's like, go to bed, dude. Like, <laughs> it's okay. 
<laughs> there was a lot of jokes too, which it was like, yeah. Well, you could just just browse social media for those, but yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's enough tea uh, tea leaf reading. But I do want to get into because there's all these rumors now and leaks now that the event is out. The people on Twitter, leakers, and all that kind of stuff. So we were talking about colors just a second ago, and it does look like we have some idea of the colors. Like I mentioned, the iPhone 15 Pro, which the rumor is it will be made in titanium instead of the stainless steel, surgical grade stainless steel, which should make it lighter. So that'd be a welcome change to the pro line if they're actually lighter models. But there it looks like a light gray, a medium gray, a dark gray, and then a dark grayish blue or bluish gray. And you, of course, have a meme here, which will be the uh, the chapter art. Yeah, it's interesting. So people were, uh, all these colors aren't gray. Silver isn't gray. It's like silver is gray. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> silver is gray. I, I agree. Yeah, silver is gray. Titanium gray is gray. And space black is just dark gray. I mean, there's parts of the space black that's actually black, but there's parts of it that are gray. The back of the phone's gray. Yeah. And, and then the blue is actually blue and it looks nice. And I, I'm, I'm considering a color this year instead of a black phone. Yeah. We'll see what it looks like. But it is funny. So people are like, oh no, they got rid of the gold. We'll see. Um, natural titanium is actually a very strange color. You can very easily extract like more gold amber tones. So that natural right. titanium color might actually have a goldish hue in certain lights. So we'll see what it looks like. That might be their quote unquote gold um, pro phone, but right. it, it would be odd to have titanium silver and then silver silver. And, you know, it's. <laughs> I'm curious what they're going to call it. You know, they'll have space gray has been the color for a long time. So you got space gray. They could use starlight as one, although they might just say like natural titanium or just like straight titanium. No, no qualifier. The color of the Apple Watch Ultra is natural titanium. So right. it could it could be that everyone seems to like collectively forgotten Apple Watch Series 8 also had a titanium app or Series 7. I'm sorry, had a, a titanium Apple Watch before the Ultra came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Its color was natural titanium. And then yeah. there was actually a black titanium. And I believe it was just called space black titanium the naming would be in, like people were trying to come up with certain things uh nine to five mac i believe that's that's chance miller yep maybe zach hall who's who's the one who's always trolling everyone i'm pretty, pretty zach. sure that, <laughs> that's zach yeah so he had <laughs> he he had the color leak and he had a teen titans image inside of the article and i was just very confused why is there a Teen Titans logo in here? And I think he was just waiting for someone to ask him because when I asked him, he says, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you hallucinating? <laughs> and finally, he went in and changed it so it had a caption underneath called uh, Titan iPhone 14. It was, it was silly. Anyway. He's, he's, he's very funny. He also had like a uh, black and blue versus white and gold dress and he's, you know, doing this weird chart. Zach is very funny. So kudos to Chance and Zach on social media. It's all, it's all very fun and and I, I did see someone like scientifically explain on Twitter. If I gosh, I, I would link them, but I no, that's no too far. Idea. That's, that's too far. I don't need. I don't want any. <laughs> yeah, well, that's lost in the ether, especially now that you, if you if anyone's noticed, maybe it's just me, but you can't scroll past the first like eight tweets in someone's profile anymore. Uh, it just it's, stops. It's it's all a little broken. I'm not gonna lie. But anyway, I saw someone explain, and this makes total sense. You know, material science wise, titanium, aluminum, and stainless steel are more easily colored because they're. And more easily anodized they can uh basically pair with an external material to coat it right so the right. coating can attach very easily versus titanium does not have the ability to attach to that an anodization material very well you have to use things like electrolysis which is much more expensive much more fancy right. in order to do it but if you do anodize titanium it's a very thin layer that can scrape off very easily uh, so apple apparently is going to have to do something very different from these titanium phones in order to add color that's probably why we're seeing such dull colors this first time around well, and then compare that to the iPhone 15, the non-pro versions of the phone. And it seems like we have some leaked images. These are from Sonny Dixon on Twitter, a very pastel lineup. It looks like we will still have a black, I don't know the call space. This actually looks like an actual black iPhone. Uh, they don't use space on the standard phone. It's just called black. I believe. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. So it still looks like we have a black and then a silver or white version. And then very pastel, kind of light lavender, purple, pinkish. Very light green. The green's basically yellow. It's 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 very light. These images are fine. I don't like that one of the images in it, pinkish iPhone, one of the images looks like as a purple camera cover. So there's something weird going on here with these. There's also SIM card slots in all of these, which, uh, well, I guess maybe in other countries, they still have SIM card slots. Everywhere outside of the US, basically. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Because My you, bad. 
yeah, you can't you can't exist in in like Europe and Africa without a SIM card slot. That's true. That's true. Uh, but it does have the the volume switch, which again, this is the, this long standing rumor, and again, pointed to what's going to happen at this event. The mute switch might become an action button on the iPhone. 15 Pro? The Pro models only. Just the Pro model, I see. E- even then, it might just be restricted to the uh, quote-unquote Ultra device. We're not sure. Oh, which would, you know, Apple Watch Ultra action button, which I'm still, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see about it. I-, I still love my mute switch. And I know you could probably program the button to be a mute switch. You can. But then it's not going to give you that visual just like I can. I just looked at my mute switch right now and I saw the little orange line and I knew. I knew it was on mute. Yeah, you won't you won't have visual feedback, but you'll you'll right. there's new vibration tones when you toggle yeah. mute. So eh, we'll see. We'll we'll see. We're I mean we're literally going to see in a week and a half, but we will see. Like next time I'm on the show, the event will have happened. I think that's right. That's right. Yeah. We'll be talking about the the show. So there was also another rumor about the packaging. This is from Shrimp Apple Pro, and it's saying that the Pro devices on the box will show the front of the device. Which apparently Apple has rotated year by year. I didn't even pay attention to this, but apparently some years it shows the back of the iPhone on the box and some years it shows the front and it's been every other year. And the iPhone 14 Pro, probably because the dynamic island, it showed the front of the device on the box when you get the phone. And that supposedly this 15 Pro box would also show the front of the phone, which being a very minor change in the uh, TikTok cycle of showing the front or back. And with a very like, Thin S-curve, supposedly, which there were also some memes about that on social media. Speaking to rumors, because uh, we've basically gotten past the new yeah. information on iPhone, I, what what do you think about this rumor cycle? Hasn't it gotten a little excessive? I'm, I'm kind of exhausted. It does, it does feel like the granularity of rumor, like the specificity of the box. I don't know. It's not even just the specificity, because we've had specificity before. We've had specificity. Yeah, it's, that's the, the wrong word. It's... Yeah redundancy and the repetition so it does feel like that yes like so there's shrimp apple pro majin boo there's those guys on social media kosutami and you redditor like between these guys occasionally uh ming chi kuo it feels like they're all tweeting on a rotating basis every day we're and we're getting like 0.01 percent more information every time and we're over here yeah scratching our heads saying should we cover this like yeah. image of a USB-C port that has a color in it that might refer like, and then the yeah. very next day it's a different USB port with a different color. And it's just what, you know, it's a little ridiculous. It did feel like, I don't know how many years ago, maybe two or three years ago, it felt like the iPhone rumors, you'd get a few during the year. And then like mid to late August, you would get kind of all the, the big points like promotion or satellite SOS. You would hear those rumors August, and then we'd have the event. And it has felt like this year, the rumors started very early. Like we've been hearing about USB-C for almost a year, it feels like, since the iPhone uh, 14 launched. Because you also have Ming-Chi Kuo giving rumors for the iPhone 16 right now, talking about you know the ultra-wide having 48 megapixels. So it does feel like the, the rumor lead-up time has extended uh, in recent years, especially this year. And like you said, it does feel like the USB-C, like how many different ways can we leak a USB-C port? Very drip, drip, drip. Like it it used to come out like here's a big leak package that we put together over six months. (laughs) Right, right, right. And it's like, this is the camera. This is the port. This is what colors they'll have. But now we're getting like each page of a book every other day and uh, we have to piece it together ourselves to figure out what the story is and that's fine i think this it, it, it it's leaning very much into the content side of social media this is where yeah. people are going uh, people are literally getting paid by twitter to have engagement so the more they can post the more engagement yeah. get, they get the more money they can get so it leans into that a little bit and it's it's kind of disappointing because it does change the game because apple insider isn't just a rumor website mac mac rumors i know it's in its name nine to five mac none of these websites are 100 percent all in rumor websites yeah, we're, yeah. we're news uh you know education how to's you know reviews uh, there's a lot of stuff around it and it feels like we're just getting bogged down there's there's regular readers who email us and saying you know when did you guys go so hard on just rumor coverage and it's like we're we're not we're just covering it we're covering all these rumors as they come in because they right they could all each individually be important and hopefully this event will allow us to knock a couple off the back end there's there's a pretty solid chance uh, Majin Buu is going to get demoted after this event but hmm. it's just one of those things where there's just there's too much all at once well and, it, and it, if we didn't 
if Apple Insider didn't cover every leak and rumor, you have to remember that all everyone else is yep. everyone from John Prosser to also 9to5Mac and Mac rumors. And so if you don't, then you basically give up clicks, which equals page views, which equals profit. And I don't know if we'll have time to get to in this show, but just kind of how the podcast landscape is doing with ads and such. Uh, but that's because people still click the stories about the rumors, then stories about the rumors <laughs> need to exist. And so it's kind of this like cyclical chicken and egg thing where, yeah, it, it does seem like a lot, but people still click it. So it's hard to, you know. So speaking speaking of John Prosser, that is a name I have not heard in a very long time. <laughs> you sound like Gandalf, Gandalf the White there for a second. <laughs> More Obi-Wan, but no, it's... Um, oh, right. Right. Oh, Ben Kenobi. Interesting. So you, these these things come in cycles, right? So we we talked about it this year. Yeah. The iPhone 16 even has been rumored since like March of this year. Right. This is a big cycle. People, you know, I, I know that Mark Gurman came out early and said this iPhone cycle is going to be slow. The, the Apple Watch cycle is going to be slow. I think they say that every year. It's a big deal for the port. And the fact that Dynamic Island is going to be a universal um, system that, that that's going to push developers to support it more. I feel like there's a lot of software and hardware things happening here that's going to make this a much bigger year than maybe what we expected. And so that's what's leading to a lot more of these rumors. Now, I'm curious what next year looks like because the iPhone 16 getting new camera upgrades and a chip process update sounds more like an S cycle to me. And so we're going to have less to talk about. Mm. A lot of these rumor guys are talking about retiring already. Really? Uh, well, so you Redditor, I think is stepping away. He's just, he got too big oh, I see. and uh, decided if, if you go look at their Twitter, it's public, but they're like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know about, you know, doing this. I, I, it was more fun when I was smaller and a few people would react, but now I'm getting all this backlash and all these people are arguing with me and it's just, I, I'm tired. Oh, you interesting. Know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more of a like fan of like uh, Duan Rui, like these guys who just sit in the background, and every now and then something across comes across the table that they take a photo of, post on on Twitter without any comment, and then we have to kind of guess the work out of it that's that's my kind of leaker because like we're getting sure. the tidbits we're getting the information but it's not this constant flood well i'll take that segue you mentioned duan Rui, and that is the final kind of leak i'll say of the iphone 15 is that the the cases he tweeted duan Rui a photo of cases that are supposedly woven instead of leather an earlier rumor we did have was that apple would not do a leather case this year for the models which I usually get one of both. I usually get an Apple leather case and some silicone cases for my iPhone. But it seems like they might be moving away from the leather. Could be resource or uh, how would you say like sustainable kind of thing. Environmental decision. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah environmental decision. And so this would be a woven case, which kind of makes sense because you also have the uh, the braided solo loop, which they don't say is woven, but I think of it as a woven uh, Apple Watch band is those braided solo loops. And so you know we might have a woven case and then a silicone case. I'd be down for it. This one's a little sketch. A lot of the case rumors that's come through in the last couple of weeks, go back and look at them. They're all fake. Uh, none of these are actually Apple uh, images. And we try to make sure we mention it in the article. And if we don't, that's uh, probably a mistake. But yeah, a lot of these are actually third-party cases that are clones or trying to estimate what Apple's going to do. Right. Uh, and I think this is also an example of that. And it's it's actually kind of tough. We're not really sure. And, the, and I think the piece actually uh, emphasizes this. We're not really sure that... <laughs> woven is going to be a term or if this is actually an alternative to leather apple actually like they 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 source their leather i think um what is it is it californian or or italian but yeah, they sure. they source their le leather from um like sustainable businesses and everything that right. you know, like they're not out here uh growing cows in closets or anything like that so <laughs> that would be very difficult <laughs> be very but, difficult to do I, I mean, Apple could step away from it. And we, I, I know we heard this rumor before. We've heard people talk about Apple moving away from leather. And that's fine. I, it doesn't really affect me either way. I like the leather cases. I actually enjoy the Nomad uh, Horween sourced right. uh, leather cases. They're very nice. But they're not like necessary to my ability to use an iPhone. If Apple no, no. moves to like a fake leather or even just goes away from leather altogether, it's not going to really affect anything. I wonder how much those actually sell. And because, um, you know, yeah. Apple is good about keeping their shelves stocked, but it is funny to me that you walk into an Apple store and like there's they're always just flooded with the leather cases and everyone's getting the silicon cases i think that might be a price thing that uh might the be, yeah. leather is so much more expensive so i don't know we'll see and the last thing is so for the event aside from the iphone 15 and 15 pro we'll see an apple watch series 9 most likely 
possibly an Ultra 2. Not many rumors and leaks about those, except for Mark Gurman saying that it's next year where Apple is really going to do an overhaul, change the design, possibly even an Apple Watch Band connector change. That'll be next year. This year, I think it'll just probably be a, a spec bump. Maybe there would be another sensor in there, although I don't know what sensor they can actually do feasibly. I don't think blood glucose is ready, and I don't think temperature sensing is ready yet either. So maybe that, and an Ultra 2 seems kind of early too. We just had Ultra 1 last year, and I don't know what they would improve on it now. We do know two things. System and in, uh, in processor, uh, the SIP uh, chipset, uh, because it's a, a package, right? Uh, right. It, has, it has a processor inside of it that determines the GPU and the speed, right, of the actual operating system. That processor for the past three years has been based on the A... Series 6. Series 6, 7, and 8 have all been the same pretty much. Yeah, they've all been the same based on the A13 processor. Mm -hmm. Gosh, 7 nanometer process and uh, so, so much older, much less efficient, but they haven't seen any reason to move up a tier. The reason why the SIP number changes is because even though that processor has been the same, the package itself is changing. They're adding new sensors, they're adding new things, right, like crash detection. So the SIP uh, number actually has been increasing 6, 7, 8. Now, the 9, the SIP 9, is going to be a new processor based on the A15 generation. And that's going to step us up to 5 nanometer. It's going to be much more efficient. That means more battery life. Mm -hmm. Battery life, right. Probably a little bit of a processing boost. Apps might generally operate better. This might lean well into the widgets and stuff being added to the system. So that's new. And that's that S9 being faster is important for Apple Watch Ultra as well. Even if they don't add a 2 to the end of it, they're going to refresh. They could even just come out and say Apple Watch Ultra now in black with the S9 processor starting at you know $799 and literally just leave it at that. Basically, after this date, every new Apple Watch Ultra sold will have the S9 instead of the S8. Right. They could also, I saw people on social media asking for the action button from the Apple Watch Ultra on the normal Apple Watch. Yep. I think it was actually uh, uh, Lexi from CNET. Uh, she had a video about it, which that would be an upgrade. You know, they could say Apple Watch Series 9. Now you have an action button that you can you could program it to do whatever you want. Yep. Upgraded processor. Maybe they have some different anodized colors, at least in the aluminum model. What would cause me to get a Series 9, even though I, I have no reason to upgrade this year because I have an Apple Watch Ultra. I missed the ceramic finish of the mm. Apple Watch Series 5. And so they had a ceramic Series 9. Just to say I had a ceramic one, I'd probably do it. But I don't think they're bringing that back. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, Ultra needs to be the most premium, and they're not going to make an Apple Watch more premium than Ultra. Oh, that is, that's a good point. Um, unless so, they make an Ultra out of ceramic and say this this thing is not for hiking or whatever. I don't know. But the other thing we know is Space Black would be coming to the Ultra if it e even is updated this oh, year. Oh, right. And Pink would be coming to the Series 9. Uh, okay. Like, and like you said, there could be another health sensor. Uh, blood pressure is a possibility. External skin temperature is a possibility. Getting, you know, like can you, telling your Apple Watch telling you if you have a fever or not rather, right, you know, you. rather than the ovulation thing. Those are possibilities. Not every year. The Apple Watch does not get a new sensor every year. I believe the Apple Watch Series 6. No, that had 5. Blood. 5 did not. Yeah, 5 is the last one that just had no new health sensor. It does happen, and, but people still buy the new version. But 5 had the always-on display, so that was the huge feature right. there. So hold on, let me see if I can do this. 6 had the blood oxygen sensor. 7 had the... 4 was ECG. Four was ECG, five was always on, six was blood oxygen, seven was... Bigger screen. Series seven was the bigger screen. I was trying to think if there was another health sensor. I think last year was the temperature for ovulation tracking mm -hmm. and things like that. There I might guess, not have been a new not. health sensor seven. on seven. Yeah, it might not have been. Yeah, I think it was just the blood oxygen from the year before, and the bigger screen was the main story. But there. for me, I have no reason to buy a Series 9 Apple Watch. So if they do do the Ultra... Or, well, I mean, I'll say again, if the Series 9 has a new health feature or something that makes me need to upgrade, sure, why not? But I really want the Ultra. I just don't want the silver titanium. I want space black. So if they actually do that, there's a good chance I'll get the, the Apple Watch Ultra. It was also faster charging on the Series 7. That's where it uh, debuted. Right. This episode is brought to you by Babbel. 
Me llamo Esteban y yo puedo hablar español porque babble. I was uh, stretching my Spanish legs there. I could also say, le está gustando mi podcast, which means, are you liking my podcast? And before I said, my name's Steven, and I can speak Spanish because of babble. Babble is the second best way to learn a language. And the reason why it's the second best, because we all know immersion, actually going to another country and hearing the language spoken constantly. Yeah, that's the best way. But the second best way is babble. With babble, you can start speaking a new language in just three weeks. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. And if that's you. You could check it off your list this summer with Babbel. That's because with Babbel, you start speaking a new language, like I said, in just three weeks. If you have travel plans, maybe you're planning something for next summer or over the winter, well, learn how to speak the language with Babbel. I recently just traveled to another country a couple months ago, and I would have loved just to be able to order food in the native language or to be able to ask for directions and actually understand what's being told to me. And that's why the next time I travel, I'm going to brush up on whatever language it is in that country by Babbel. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with other language apps that are more like games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. And I love Babbel because when you speak into the app, it can actually give you tips on your accent. Actually, make sure you actually sound like you're speaking the language and not that you're just trying really hard but not really doing it. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. For instance, one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. So here's a special Apple Insider deal for our listeners. Just to get you started right now, you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash appleinsider. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash appleinsider, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash appleinsider. That link's also in the show notes. You could just click it there, babbel.com slash appleinsider. Rules and restrictions may apply. Gracias para Babbel for sponsoring this episode. Uh, the last thing for this event would be AirPods. We might get a possible AirPods 4 or, you know, refreshed kind of base AirPods, but mainly it's going to be USB-C since it's coming to the iPhone will most likely come to the AirPods cases. And I still, I keep saying this, but I'm very curious how many of the accessories get updated to USB-C. I imagine even if it doesn't make it into the event, I imagine the MagSafe battery pack, MagSafe Duo, and obviously AirPods and individual cases. So like if you wanted to get a USB-C case for your AirPods Pro 2 instead of having a Lightning one, Apple will gladly sell you that. But I do think all those accessories will see USB-C at the event, even if it's just like on the store afterwards. It would be clean to do that way. And Apple does seem like the kind of company that, that would go that route, but it is not required. A lot of people seem yeah. to believe that this mandate in the EU is going to force everything Apple sells to move to USB-C. That's not the case. Everything new after 2024 has to be USB-C. So they can continue selling everything they have now as is no laws violated, no issues, no nothing. Yeah, but I don't think Apple would want to sell a lightning magsafe battery pack or magsafe duo with the phone having USB-C. those obviously i think like those are phone accessories um right those i think were, are definitely going to shift because and it's time for a new magsafe battery pack anyway yeah just in terms of battery health like event if you use your magsafe battery pack every day and drain it and recharge it yeah. you're at the point now where your battery health is probably getting close to that 80 percent mark as far as the other accessories keyboards are always wired um, my the trackpad could always be wired um it, it it's not as necessary it would be nice it's a nice to have but maybe I, I would say the magic accessories being upgraded will wait for the mac event if they do it at all right but then the airpods case i want i wanted to mention are you are you going to bother does that matter to you no because i only charge my airpods via magsafe yeah me too so i don't need USB-C on it yeah wireless or magsafe i have a couple little of those qi trays laying around from pre-MagSafe days, but uh, yeah, mostly just wireless or MagSafe. Now, if there are AirPods 4, I will get a pair just because I gave my AirPods 3 away because I've just been using the AirPods Pro 2 for everything, but I, I do like having a non- noise-canceling, non-rubber-tipped AirPod sure. around just for some things. Sometimes if it's walking outside or if I don't want to be sweating a bunch, I actually prefer kind of the hard AirPods 3 design as opposed to the silicone tip. So I, if there are AirPods 4 and they're actually like different features, there were rumors that they might add health features in future AirPods models. I'll probably get them just because, just because. They'll probably sell the case and they'll probably just do the thing, like I said before, of every new AirPods Pro 
2 sold from here forward will be USB-C. Oh, right. And if you already own AirPods Pro 2, you can go purchase the case. Literally no change. It's not time for AirPods Pro 3 yet, not, a, not even close. I have no reason to, like I said, that, that port, we could literally just pour semen in it. I, I don't care. Just, you know, <laughs> close it up. Sure, yeah, just use Megs. Also, the AirPods, the AirPods 4 case, because right now the only... AirPods case that has Find My with the U1 chip is the AirPods Pro 2. They could definitely bring that to a refreshed AirPods. Yeah, that's what I was going to get at is the like the AirPods 4, I believe, might get the, there's a chance they can move up in chipset. Right. And um we'll 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 see the um more new features coming in iOS 17 come to the AirPods 4. Again, you don't you're not going to get adaptive audio or anything, but uh I I don't remember, but it's conversation awareness and H2 um chipset only. Right. Like I cuz have you tried that by the way? No, I don't. I don't run the betas on my AirPods or my main iPhone, so I, I have not tried any. Oh, man. Yet. I have the beta on my refrigerator. If it if it exists, <laughs> I have the beta. Uh, yeah, you run it everywhere. While we're on AirPods, yeah, just yeah. real quick. Um, conversation awareness is so funny. Uh, I'm one of those people, and I, I think everyone is. They just won't admit it. That will sometimes mumble to themselves, or maybe you know talk to the pet, or you know, like even when you're alone in the room, you're something will come out of your mouth sometimes. And it will duck the audio of whatever you're listening to, and it is so oh, wow. jarring. Yeah, because like it's like, oh, you're talking. Let me let me slow this audio or pause it all together. First, it was like, man, I, maybe I should turn this feature off because I'm I'm kind of a chatterbox. This is getting in the way of me listening to my shows and stuff. But I think I've kind of trained myself to get used to it because I know it'll just start playing again in a couple of seconds. So mm. just just such an interesting feature. And but I will say. It is very nice for when I'm walking around. I have adaptive audio on and conversation awareness. So, you know, my girlfriend comes in and starts saying something and I say, you know, I hunt or what or whatever. And it's ducks the audio, switches to transparency. Oh, and now I can hear her perfectly. Right. And the other 99% of the time you just turn on noise canceling and ignore her. Is that it? Oh my gosh. It goes? She does that. No, she is straight up. Oh, like she, she, she has the AirPods <laughs> pro in and we'll be cleaning the house and yeah. have it on noise cancellation. And I'm yeah, like, here's nothing. Yeah. You can turn on transparency mode. I pro like, there's not any noise to anyway. She's so I funny, but <laughs> like completely, I have to go up and touch her and she jumps 20 feet in the air. Oh just, yeah, yeah. You know, cause completely, spooked yeah so that's that's the event wonderlust september 12th 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific there'll be a live stream on apple's website you can watch it on apple's youtube channel and of course appleinsider.com will be covering all the latest news articles will go up quickly and i'll be doing my customary recap episode as soon as the event is out this year i'm going to try and get that episode out before the event ends that'll be the real accomplishment no i'm just kidding the one thing we won't see at this event, at least it seems not are things like ipads and any macs and mark german from bloomberg has said or at least heavily alluded that there will be an October event this year. So this will be a two event year. Feels like recent years, there's been like one event and then press releases, but seems like there'll be two events this year, an October event, which would include some M3 Max, which we're gonna talk about what those would be in a second. And I think more confidently an updated iPad, at least the base model, the iPad 11th gen, this would be, which currently the base model iPad runs the A14 chip. And so that'll be several years old now because the, Ancient, iPhones, yes. the new iPhones will be on a 17. So curious which one it'll get in between there. But also the iPad Air is still running the M1 chip and that could be updated as well. I would love to see an update to the iPad mini. I think everyone else would. It's been like the most popular iPad on social media for the last several months for some reason. Like it's all amazing. of a sudden, it's all perfect. of a sudden everyone's like, and we all love the iPad mini. I was like, I've been editing podcasts on this thing for like two years. I love it too. But I, you know, I would love to see like promotion and things. I don't know. But I'm, I'm curious what you think. If German is saying M3 Max coming in October, I would think the iMac, which is long overdue, but the Air, like the MacBook Air, that's been out for not even a year yet, right? The M2 MacBook Air. So backtracking a little bit, M3 is going to be a weird cycle because Apple has done some crazy stuff with the M2 generation, like coming out with a 15-inch MacBook Air. Basically, my guess is when Apple does the M3 MacBook Airs, that is going to be at the same time. 15 and 13 are both getting M3 simultaneously, right. likely in the spring or summer of 24. The M3 cycle we're seeing now, and M3 Max is, no, that that that'll no, come no, that'll come in January February you know a, a, a winter yeah, release winter event everyone always thinks it's going to be 15 max that gets the chip at first no Mac mini 24 inch iMac because my goodness that needs something and possibly the 13 inch MacBook Pro and that would be the fall 
um, M3 cycle, and that's it. My my curiosity though, so I just looked at it. So the M2 MacBook Air, at least the 13 inch, launched last July 2022. So that is over a year old. So, but they're not gonna they're not gonna keep these out of step. The 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 next no, no, time no, they no, do no. they're gonna both. do both of them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They'll, they'll update both sides of the MacBook Air to the M3. I think iMac makes sense. My only consternation with the Mac Mini is if they update the Mac Mini, which currently you can get with an M2 or M2 Pro means that they would have to have an M3 and M3 Pro. They don't. You don't think so? so no. So that's what's that's what's odd about this cycle. So do they hold... I don't think they need to hold off on... They're two different products. They're very different products. Well, the, I mean, I think you could say that a lot about like the M2 iPad and then the M2 Mac Mini. But to say like Mac Mini... M3 or M2 Pro, that feels like it would be a, a weird... Yeah, that's what's that's what's weird about this year. We, that's why, honestly, M3 could just be a 24-inch iMac. Or Air. they could just wait on... They could just not do M3 at all this fall because they don't need to. The like They are still so far ahead in the processor game that they're not sure. in a rush. Like They could wait. It's not that the products aren't ready. They're not going to re- redesign the MacBook Air again. They're not going to redesign the 24-inch iMac. But the maturity of the cycle isn't there. So that that's the two things. Generally speaking, from M1 to M2, they were able to release what they could at the time because the cycle was mature enough sure. that they could say, sure, let's let this product come out with the new chipset. Now we're at the M3 cycle and everything is jumbled up, as we said. So Apple has two strategies here. Do they let the consumers make their own decisions and treat them a little bit more intelligently like I think they should and do an M3 Mac Mini and an M2 Pro Mac Mini that are two very different products? Or do they do the super consumer friendly thing and say, let's not confuse anyone and hold back all the products until the uh, product maturity is there to release everything. Mm. But then again, the 24 inch iMac is still on M1. It needs an update. (laughs) It needs an update. I'm also curious, you know, an event typically warrants significant updates and Apple hasn't been no stranger to just press releasing like new products in the last couple of years. And so if it was just putting an M3 in the iMac chassis, I feel like that doesn't warrant an event, nor does the iPad, which had a redesign last year. We have like the home buttonless design, the cameras on the landscape side. Like we had that redesign last year. And so I imagine that design will continue this year. I don't know if that if that warrants an event, you know, just to say M3 and the iMac, same design, updated chip in the iPad, same design, and the M3 MacBook Air. I'll give a third option that's less likely, but okay. so right. far we've seen M1 and M2 it mostly interrupted by COVID and other issues because um, M3 will be the first product cycle, I think, completely free from COVID. M3 development would have started, you know, last year maybe, and we were finally coming out of the dregs of COVID. Mm. So I would say that this this development cycle has been much better for Apple, and there is a chance, now don't quote me on this, but there is a chance <laughs> that they could come out in October and say, here's M3, M3 Pro, M3 Max all at once and then do M3 Ultra in the summer next year and only do two release cycles. I mean, it'd be nice to be on that schedule, but that would, yeah, we just had M2 Max right. and M2 Ultra over the summer. So yeah, that's what's that's what's tough about this. What yeah. do they do? The product maturity isn't there. And again, Apple is not, they don't have to be in a rush. Now they might've needed to be in a rush before because they still had a Mac not transitioned and they needed right. to get those chipsets out to get the Mac Pro yeah, what they do this fall will answer a lot of questions as to their strategy going forward because it's it's very confusing. And there could also be, as as rumor said, you know, the M2 Ultra Mac Pro doesn't make a lot of sense, especially with the M2 Ultra Studio sitting there, but that there might be another Mac Pro coming with a higher chip than the Ultra, like M3 Extreme or whatever. Right. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and say um, there are people who are saying that, but they're wrong. <laughs> the Oh, so the I understand the M the Mac Pro is an odd machine right now, but yes. it still needs to exist. There, yeah, yeah. They, it, remember, Apple made the original Mac Pro for one percent. That's what they they straight up said. This is for the one percent of the Mac user base. This is not a volume product. And sure, that that one percent might even be even smaller now because you can't do uh, PCIe uh, graphics. But the people that need those PCI slots for art, video, anything like that, audio, those people are buying these Mac Pros and they cannot use a Mac Studio without like external PCI slots, which are less efficient. Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. there is a place for it. 
because I, I know there are people like, oh, just get a Mac Studio. Well, there are people who are benefiting from this Mac Pro, and I think it will continue to be better, like you said, with new chipsets. There could be a future right, right. one with graphic support, but it, it is an odd place now, but I wouldn't say that there's no reason for it to exist. No, 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 for sure. Well, and all of this is also in light of the final looking forward type thing, which this entire episode has been kind of looking forward to events and releases. And well, I do want to mention a couple actual pieces of news in a moment. But the iPad overhaul, Mark Gurman has said, is going to happen in 2024. This means the iPad Pro getting OLED screens, a redesigned Magic Keyboard case, and maybe that's when the iPad Air also gets updated as well. Apple Pencil 3. Apple Pencil 3 would be nice. And this conversation, I mentioned it on MacBreak Weekly too. I love my iPad Pro. I love my iPad Mini. An OLED screen would be amazing. The iPad Pro screen is already incredible, the XDR display. I love watching things on it more so than many of the TVs in my house, just because the quality of the screen is so good. So an even better screen, awesome. I do feel like, as with every year, it feels like we've been saying it over and over, but that iPad OS hopefully offers something more uh, to take advantage of that device. You know, if we have a magic keyboard, which Mark Gurman was saying would make the iPad Pro more like a laptop, even then, then let's, you know, move it a little closer than to functionality like let's run audio hijack on an ipad that I, that's really just what i want we have final sure. cut pro now we have logic pro 10 we have quote-unquote pro apps apple has said desktop desktop class apps for the past couple of years and so I, I listen i love the hardware i love to see what apple does with it it's one of the most incredible products i think apple makes even right now i think the m2 ipad pro is just an incredible device and you can get cellular you can't even get that in a Mac. So small, so thin, so light. It just feels Amazing. futuristic. The interaction yes. standpoints, the app user interface. Oh, so good. So, I mean, I mean, I was iPad Pro only for years uh, before moving to the MacBook. And I still think my 14-inch MacBook Pro with M1 Pro is going to yeah. be my last MacBook that I, last big expensive Mac that I buy. Now, there is probably, uh, there'll always be room for me to have like a Mac mini latest M series around just so I can test features and take screenshots sure. for Mac OS. But I, I do think I am slowly trying to work my way back into iPad only life because it's just more fun. I find it, I find the interface and the way that things work on iPadOS so much more satisfying than on macOS. It feels new and fresh. And I just wanted to comment on the new iPad rumors. I skipped the M2 generation. I don't use Apple Pencil enough to care about Hover. Apps weren't pushing against the limits of M1 anyway. And I haven't noticed any lag or, or anything that would make me think, man, I wish I had the M2 right now. Yeah. Yeah, there is a difference. I've, I've noticed certain workflows when I'm on my iPad Pro do take a couple of seconds to load versus on my no, M1 Max. So there is room. There is room for improvement even there, and the M2 probably covers some of that improvement. But I, I'm, you know, excited for a redesign. So if they do come out with these high-end new iPads, obviously I'll be first in line. They finally might actually be moving to a 13-inch model, so we can stop saying 12.9. Right. 12 .9. Um, <laughs> right. You know, Thunderbolt's already there. There's already so much good about these. Maybe we'll get a, a landscape uh, camera, camera yes. uh, Apple Pencil 3 will solve whatever weirdness there. That'll fix the 10.9-inch yes. iPads issues. And I wanted to mention, you said earlier, iPad Air M3. There's no way that happens before iPad Pro gets M3. But I do question, True. will iPad Pro be able to get a probably slowed down 3 Pro, but will is there? Do you think there's a chance there'll be a Pro chipset? Because it needs active cooling in a lot of these machines that it's in. Yeah. But iPad Pro is passive cooling, so I wonder if they could knock a core off of there or do something funny. I I think iPad OS 18 would need to offer something to justify an M3 Pro chip because I feel like it, you know people are already kind of bemoaning the fact that you have an M2 in an iPad Pro with 16 gigs of unified memory. Basically as powerful as as many of the base model Macs, but it doesn't do it. So if you throw an M3 Pro in there, I don't know. I feel like that's going to make it even. Yeah, it's too much. I've been thinking about this a lot. And I wonder if we're mistargeting things a little bit because the, the power is here. And sure, in the system level, we could use more audio control. We could use a system-wide clipboard manager. But none of those require uh, the an M1 Ultra to, to do. No, right? Not at all. So so like that that's on Apple. They need to fix that. Sure. But there's a lot of power in here, and Apple has opened the doors to taking advantage of 16 gigs of RAM on iPad. Apple has opened the doors to windowing systems like Stage Manager, and app developers don't seem to be taking the bait. 
uh, I, I'm honestly, I'm throwing the gauntlet down. It's, it's on the developers at this point. We need more pro apps that take advantage of these systems. Apple should be evangelizing these. They should be making it easier for them. Uh, stage manager needs more APIs that allows uh, apps to know what windowing state that they're in because they don't know that right now. Uh, I, I tested, I've been testing iPad on, um, with stage manager on an external display this last week. And there's so much weirdness, right? Right. Apps don't run in 16 by nine portrait display when they're on an external monitor. Like most most games are still stuck in a four by three square. Mm. So game developers could be adapting to these wider screen sets. They already have the assets. The Apple TV version of their games run in 16 by nine. Does iPadOS allow, would allow the games to run 16 by nine? That's the question. I, I don't know. Oh, okay, but, yeah. but, the, but see, you can develop apps that run in 16 by nine displays. So I don't see why not. Mm. And there were already APIs that allowed external game mirroring at 16 by nine from an iPad. Mm. So iPad has these assets there. Maybe I don't know something. Maybe there's something missing that Apple needs to give to developers, but I don't think so. They already have the access to all the RAM. And so outside of games, I tried to use um, Affinity Designer to edit photos. It still doesn't know how to treat the external monitor. It keeps losing UI randomly and I have to restart the app. Like, yeah. I feel like that's probably not the app though. I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people experience weirdness with iPad and external displays specifically. I just, we had listeners reach out. They were like my magic keyboard and my iPad functions differently with an external display. If I have it with a magic keyboard or a folio, <laughs> like just weirdness. I, I, and I agree that there's some of this on Apple's table, but it's, it does seem like that a lot of developers are still developing for iPad OS 15 they're still developing pre-stage manager and they're not taking into account a lot of this stuff. The, for example, Affinity Designer, I found a way to fix some of the bugs. They still have the presenter overlay when you ex attach to an external display, if it's shown on your iPad, right. where the where the image that you're editing takes over the entire external display and stay, like it just removes all function functionality from the external display. It's still pretending like there's no stage manager, there's mm -hmm. no external display support. So yes, I understand these are big apps, big ships turn slowly, but right. I wonder if that this is the year where we have more functionality, more stability, and Apple leading into these more powerful, bigger iPads, if developers don't need to step up their game a little bit. And I understand, again, some of the some of it's on Apple, but Apple needs to be evangelizing these things, but developers need to be stepping up too. Because I'm finding places where I'm falling down on an M1 iPad Pro that has identical feature sets to an M1 MacBook Pro. Right. For example, again, and I'll, I'll conclude, the Pixelmator Pro right. uh, on on Mac, I don't understand why that is not on iPad. I don't understand why there isn't parallel developing cycles between the iPad and the Mac. Sure, not every feature probably is capable of running, but if that can run on a MacBook 13-inch MacBook Pro with M1 with 8 gigs of RAM, why is it not running on my uh, 16 gigs of RAM M1 iPad Pro? Yeah, I I am curious, and if there's any developers listening, uh, you know we've had developers on before. I had Paul Kafasis from Audio Hijack and Rogue Amoeba. I would love to hear, and I had the Halide team on a year or so ago. We'd love to hear if, like, from a developer who makes apps for both iPad and Mac, like the Pixelmator developer. I'm not exactly sure who is behind that. I'll have to maybe I can reach out to them personally, but I would love to talk to see like is there limitations just because of iPad OS that restricts that kind of parallel use case usefulness, you know, because I, I use Pixelmator on both and they do an amazing job. Like the app is incredible, but I just work faster in Pixelmator on my Mac just because of the tools and the feature set. It's very familiar and it's kind of a different app on the iPad and I'm not sure why. And I know, and I, I'm not trying to, you know, curse these guys out or anything. And I'm not trying to be unfair. I understand these are complex systems. This is a lot of work. And yes, there are systems missing on iPadOS's SDKs versus the Mac. So obviously you're not going to have a one-to-one -one translation, but I, I just wonder if it it's a prioritization issue. I, I have a feeling it's, it's scalability. It's how many people are using the iPad? How many people are actually mm -hmm. using an iPad Pro in this way that are going to pay for the software? Who's paying $30, $40 or a subscription to these high-end Pro apps on the iPad? And will that make up 
the difference in development. So sure. a lot of these tools are probably there. So I, I will concede that fact that a lot of the abilities are there, but it's probably not still making not making financial sense. And again, mm. the Apple evangelist uh, ev- evangelism needs to be there, but all of their attention's on Vision Pro now. And mm. what's confusing me about Vision Pro, and I'll shut up, what's confusing <laughs> me about Vision Pro is it's running, it, it's an iPad that you wear on your face. It's running iPadOS apps. It's uh, Apple is going to iPadOS developers and saying, port your apps to Vision right. Pro. But we're over here on iPad saying, but, and, and, and I'm seeing developers talking about how they're bringing all these excellent features and stuff, focusing on this headset that eight people are just going to be able to buy in February. <laughs> and I'm just saying, but the iPad and like, yes, the Vision Pro is the future of spatial computing, but general computing with a mouse and keyboard and a screen isn't going away in the next decade. And I still believe the iPad is the future of that. So I think more attention really needs, like priorities need to be had here. And uh, I just wonder what developers are thinking. Yeah, and I also am curious, we didn't ask this, we're talking about the Wonderlust event, but Apple Vision Pro, I imagine there'll be a segment of the event on September 12th that actually Apple's going to talk about it because this is Apple's biggest event of the year. The most people are watching and listening to this event, just kind of general population as well as press, as well as internationally. And so there's probably going to talk about Apple Vision Pro there as well. And I'm I'm just curious what they'll say. There's going to be a video of David Smith underscore. Um, I, like, wish. Like, <laughs> I wish. Like just staring in awe into space, uh, stuff like that kind of like. I could I could see them doing one of those like cut videos where they've like interviewed yeah. a bunch of app developers and they say something very positive about the Apple Vision Pro and they just kind of show that video. This is this is this is the evangelist cycle that I, for for Vision Pro. This is this right. is the last couple of months before it goes on sale and this is they're still doing the live labs in, in right. six cities around the world they're begging people to come to those those are underpopulated apple even did an entire article about four or five different developers that they talked with about what they're implementing and how awesome the in-person labs were and how everyone needs to go apple is definitely in that mode right now and that is that will absolutely be some part of the keynote yeah all right last two things quick because there actually were betas the eighth developer betas for iOS, iPadOS, Sonoma, and all that came out. And looking at the dates, now that we know the Apple event is happening on September 12th, that means pre-orders will happen September 15th, most likely. The iPhone will be available the 22nd. And iOS 17 will probably be publicly launched on September 20th. That's usually how it goes. It's usually the Wednesday after the iPhone event. That's at least iOS 17. You know, it's always unknown whether or not iPadOS 17 and macOS Sonoma comes out at the same time. Those could come out in October, possibly around that October event. But one thing that I noticed actually last week as I was at Podcast Movement is that the latest developer beta of iOS 17, I'm not sure which when this changed, but if you're listening in Apple Podcasts to this show and you look at the Now Playing screen, the colors of the Now Playing screen now actually match the individual chapter artwork, which I just thought was really cool. I'll, I'll put it as the chapter artwork in the, for this chapter so you can see what it looks like. But if you're listening and you're on the latest iOS 17 betas, you'll actually see that now playing screen change per uh, chapter art, which is pretty cool. I'm excited. So it's, I, I can't remember what it's called, but this is, there's actually new types of artwork that podcasters can insert into their feeds that, that go along with the chapter artwork. So like standard artwork takes up a square in the center with a white background and Apple's trying to bleed those colors together, Yeah. but you can actually insert what's called dynamic um, artwork. It takes over the entire screen. It's similar to the Apple music, uh, like moving, Uh, artwork and stuff. So I wonder if podcast is going to get more of that in the future. I think it's really fun to look at anyway. Well, and actually, if you go to the Apple Insider show page in iOS 17, I think you'll see some of that uh, kind of borderless art for the show because we've uh, we got a little early access for that. Yeah. And we have a pattern on our uh, main art. So it it very easily replicates the edge of the display. So and that pattern is by the inimitable basic Apple guy. Thank you, basic Apple guy. And finally, macOS Sonoma, the latest betas, there are now 100 new wallpapers and animated screensavers for the Mac in macOS Sonoma. They've added new regions around the world. And I will include this tweet from uh, Aaron P613, but he did this like incredibly long screenshot of all the wallpapers and animated flyovers and screensavers you're going to get in Sonoma. And so if you just want to zoom in really far and see what's coming in Sonoma, I'll link to that tweet. 
as well. These are really cool, just real quick. It automatically enabled it on my uh, MacBook uh, after I updated. And oh. it's sure it's a screensaver. And when you wake your Mac, it just settles on whatever moment you wake, woke on. And it kind of rolls into a still. And that becomes your wallpaper. That's really neat. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But it's not just the screensaver. From the uh, sign-in screen, if you're if you're waking right. from complete sleep, it rolls in as well. So you you get to benefit from that even if you're not using a screensaver. So they're very interesting. I I recommend anyone on the betas to go play with that. Oh, cool. And finally, lastly, right on the heels of Apple announcing their event, Google said, "Me too." October fourth is the Pixel event or Google's whatever other Pixel stuff, Pixel Book, Pixel Tablet, but the Pixel Eight Pro. They Google has now literally leaked their own phone. I think three years in a row. And so nobody pic- cared, and then we moved <laughs> on. And uh, no, but you could see a picture. <laughs> the poor Pixel. You can see a picture of the Pixel Eight Pro supposedly in the image that Google shared. That'll be the chapter art as well. The, very the large camera. pill. Very large pill camera. It's the camera bar. Yeah, camera, camera bar. bar. I'm curious how big the cameras on the iPhone 15 Pro Max is going to be. I feel it's like 75 percent of the rear of the phone. <laughs> it's just the stovetop. I'm just yeah. waiting for the stovetop memes. That's what happens every year. Yeah. Let us know what you're excited for, listeners. You can X, tweet, Mastodon, thread, Wes, and myself. All of those links are in the show notes. Let us know. You can Pro Max. You can. I think I'm going to go Pro Max this year. I think I finally decided. Ultra. Uh, yeah, the 15 Ultra, whatever that biggest one, the best is. I think I'm going to go for it. But let us know what you think. And also, we didn't get a chance to talk about the podcast landscape and advertising. Maybe we can do a bonus episode sometime soon about that. But uh, you can support the show in light of that directly in Apple Podcasts or at Patreon.com. If you listen to podcasts, it is so noticeable. Like, even in the last two weeks, a lot of shows that I've just recognized having in-line ads... They're just either they're just skipping their ad segments altogether or just like, you know, doing a Patreon read. But like, yes, oof, yeah, the, it's very odd right now. Yeah. And or I've heard a lot of show we're doing it now. No, we're not going to do a whole nother segment here, but I actually hear more targeted ads. I've actually heard dynamic ads that have been inserted into shows I listen to that say da, 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 in the Tampa Bay area and like right IP address. I don't have any of those. And uh, any any of my podcasts that do that probably will not be in my list for very long. So it's egregious or i'll find a way to pay anyway but like my gosh (laughs) that is no (laughs) yeah so if you enjoy the apple insider podcast continue to support apple you could do it directly in apple podcast you could do it at patreon.com slash apple insider and uh let us know what kind of bonus if you want to hear more bonus content about just podcasts about podcasts you want to hear a meta podcast uh, let me know and uh, maybe we can make that happen but as always thanks for listening thanks for supporting the show and we'll see you next week